1: the final furlong podcast is brought to you in association with at the the ultimate resource for racing fans and we're live and once again kevin blake is playing air guitar to the theme tune thank you for downloading the final furlong podcast and at the apple Podcasts and loads of other places to tune in Uh, We're very glad of your company. In studio, the aforementioned Kevin Blake. Hello. I'm Emmett Kennedy. Kevin has written a brilliant article with uh, Aidan O'Brien as he tours his 13 horses who are going to launch a bid after the pesky French halted his bid to add yet more Group 1s. French. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. So he's going to have 13 horses competing at the Breeders' Cup this year, which is just fascinating. It will also reflect on his uh, astonishing success at Doncaster over the weekend. But the Breeders' Cup is all live on At The Races. You can get every single race live. And also uh, on the website, there is some fantastic content. If you hit up at theraces.com forward slash Breeders' Cup, you've got every single thing you need there, including race cards with selections available from today. We're recording this on Wednesday night, but Thursday the selections go live, so you're getting this Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon. Listen, you could be listening whenever, as long as it's before the Breeders' Cup and we're not out of date, that's great. Uh, video features, stats guides. I believe uh, Norval might have contributed something there, did he? Oh, yeah. He, he might have I mean I don't want to take away from people's work but it, there's a suspicion there that Norville's put something in there is an in-depth look at all the key trials runner profiles and of course stable tours one of them done with the great man Aidan O'Brien by the great man Mr. Kevin Blake at theraces.com forward slash breeders cup for more information now as we were saying on Twitter uh, during the last few days we are very much looking forward to having Candace back on the show part of the reason we were looking forward to having Candace on the program is because
2: was, Kennedy loves women is, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've heard for, that. <laughs> it's for her
1: ability to debate with Kevin Blake about winks and how it was all going to really kick off. She's bottled it, absolutely bottled it. But poor Candace has the flu and uh, she had to pull out and she's very disappointed not to be on the show and sends her apologies to all the listeners and more importantly to Kevin Blake. We're still waiting for the doctor's note. The doctor's note. But the good news is... That if we can't have Candace, at least we can have the next best thing. Might not be as aesthetically pleasing, but is still <laughs> a absolutely brilliant pundit. So before we introduce him, let's roll his theme.
2: this race is really up the jockey's bottoms are in the air which is the way that jockey's ride horses bottoms high that's the way to go boys bottoms high Grab the onions and cook yourself some fajitas. Because I'll tell you, grandma's come home to roast. What a cockadoodledoo. What a hibbity dibbity jibbity
1: Hip,
0: hip, hooray. Go, America. Yeah.
1: Rumor. <laughs> Rumor has it that Conan O'Brien is going to be commentating on Del Mar this year as well, which I'm very much looking forward to. He's called the classic from the Daily Racing Forum podcast. He is the host and content editor for the Daily Racing Forum as well. Welcome back to the show. Peter T. Fornital.
0: Thank you so much, gentlemen. Wonderful to be here. I do have one small correction. That is contest editor, as in handicapping contests. They don't let somebody at my level anywhere near the content.
1: Here's a question. Why is Tuala dyslexic and giving me the wrong stuff? There we go. Contest editor of the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, So listen, you've obviously been on the show before. Uh, The last time you were in contact with one of us was Sipping pins. Uh, and champagne at Royal Ascot, I believe with Kevin Blake. I I can't
2: confirm. There was very little sipping going on. It was slugging because as Peter Peter will tell you, it was about 45 feckin' degrees on the day. We we were half dying.
0: Oh, we were suffering, but what a, what a fun way that was to, for, for a run up to some great days of racing. And, uh, We've got a couple of great racing days coming up this weekend. I don't think there'll be any Pim- PIMs out at uh, Del Mar, but I'm sure we'll find some cocktails to quaff.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there will be a little bit of liquid refreshment. So we're going to have four races live and at the races for day one of the Breeders' Cup on Friday. Let's kick off with the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf, um, a race that obviously has significant European interest, Kevin Blake, with two Aiden O'Brien Phillies. There's also uh, a number of other European runners, including one from... Uh, Uh, A certain known trainer by the name of Joseph O'Brien, who will be taking on his dad as he uh, bids for another Group 1. What is the the reaction to Aidan O'Brien breaking Bobby Frankel's record over in the States, Peter?
0: I think people are pretty excited just about what a season it's been. And a guy who obviously has made his name in racing, not just uh, on on the shores over there, but uh, but all over the world. And I think the the general feeling is is a is a tremendous one of of respect. Uh, he hasn't had the greatest year in the United States, but uh, I figure that could change in a hurry, especially when we get to these races on Friday.
1: Yeah, and even one win. I mean, I know he's sending over thirteen, hugely significant, and will add to the history of it. I presume that's something that. NBC and the broadcasters and, and uh, TVG, the daily racing form, you'll all want to play up that if he, if he does manage to add more history uh, to this incredible year and, and does it at Delmar, that that will be really quite something.
0: Absolutely. What a way to continue the magical season that he's had on an international stage. And you're absolutely right. The the TV coverage of an event like this, they're looking for, obviously, all these amazing equine stories. But the human stories are often just as compelling. And O'Brien definitely falls in that category.
1: Yeah, you've made the point, Kevin, before that the Americans do this best, these little small features that they do in between racing, the little featurettes that they just they they get some really emotional ones but they just get some really intelligently made ones as well that just really captivate you
2: well they they have better raw material i think we've talked about it before because americans as a people i think are much more outward Mm. than uh, certainly Irish people and English people yeah. <laughs> we're a little bit more inclined to, to hide the old emotions and uh, keep keep the, the old cards close to the chest but uh, that, that tendency can result in so, some I, I love the American racing coverage I think they do it really really well they do some fantastic human interest stories around the races to that just pull you in and get you involved. You know, there's a there's been some fantastic ones, of course, building up to the, the Kentucky Derby uh, over the years, and they, they just it's something they do really really well. I think.
1: Yeah, I do wonder, you know, because Aidan O'Brien is such a humble man, and this is one of the, the, the features of his success. They'll never get him. That that's been that's been commented <laughs> on. No, no, no. My my point is going to be the fact that like even Gina Bryce did a brilliant interview with Aidan O'Brien for Races, which you can see on the other race's twitter page and he just again is deflecting all the attention away from himself and he's you know putting it on Anne Marie or the the this team back at Ballydoyle, the head lad Pat Keating the, the lads obviously just imagine in an alternate universe it's Bob Baffett has just break, broken the record for <laughs> for group ones in a season it's like <laughs>
0: Well, what I got is a stable of superstars,
1: <laughs> and I'm the king. I'm the king in this game. <laughs> like, he would just—he freaking. There'd be the Burger King man beside
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's the greatest of all time. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah, it'd be it'd be quite something. Right, let's get some let's get some tips. Aiden's got some. Two very strong contenders here. We talked about September going for those race before. I'm a little bit surprised that Clemmy has been put away, but they obviously want to, to keep her for a three-year-old campaign. But happily, who beat the boys last time is in here as well, and that's the selection of Ryan Moore. So in terms of the Europeans...
2: Uh, those two are obviously very very strong on the list yeah look it's the latest instalment of, of the SAG of the Aidan O'Brien two year old fillies because we have these 2 were mixed in with, with Magical and you've me coming in over the top and we're all trying to work out which one's the best and we have another changing variable here in that it's, it's going to be the ground's going to be a little bit firmer than they've been running on against each other in recent starts obviously a very different track halfway across the world it's, it's all a bit different again Um I'll start with happily, because you'd have to be very happy with her, what she's been doing lately. Um, she's been doing it on, in general, on a softer surface than she's going to meet here. Um, she does she does bend her knee a little bit, but she doesn't, you know, she's she's bred to appreciate firmer ground, you'd have to say. Um, being a full sister to Glen Eagles, I, I pushed Aiden a little bit on that the other day when I spoke to him. And he, I was kind of hoping to kind of say, well, yeah, you know. She really should improve for the better ground, but he he wasn't so so inclined to go down that road. Now he kind of stopped me in my tracks there, and he said, "Well, look, she handles soft ground very very well, and it'd be a little bit much to to think that she could improve for better ground." But she's been doing it very well. I was happy enough with her in France. She she did briefly look in trouble in France, mm, which did. surprised me. She was stepping up in trip. I thought she'd travel a little bit easier over a longer trip, but she didn't. Um, she didn't quicken up in the way her brother did when he won it but was then thrown out no a few I, years ago. yeah I think she's a stronger staying type of filly yeah. you know Aiden thinks she, she'll she stay a mile and a half whereas Glen Eagles was very much a miler mm. and it just took her a little while to hit top gear it was a grinding sort of success rather than anything else and if you just looked at that run if you didn't look at the rest uh, the, re- the rest of the body of her work and you just looked at that you say oh she's going to the Breeders Cup now a mile around a bend, fast ground, low draw. Is there any danger that she could get caught out for a little bit of a lack of toe at a crucial stage? Because Ryan is going to want to have her out sharp and get a prominent position. Because you look down through this field, um, especially with some of the European contenders, um, and they don't all have proven stamina, whereas she will stay all day. Trip, no problem. If you're, if I'm Ryan Moore, I want to get out and get in the box seat. Ideally. Um, and you just wonder, thinking aloud... Will she have the pace to do that? The mid race pace and the early pace to do that? You know that if you're with happily, I think that's the concern. If she gets out, gets a position and holds it, and you're you're in the box seat halfway, I think you're in great shape. Um, September, Shamey's going to have a, a more of a challenge now from from stall ten. Um, she's a filly that I thought took a big step in the right direction last time, and should have won really, shouldn't she? She should have won. You know, Shamey would love another go. Um, she should have won, but, you know, these things happen. And I'd been a bit disappointed with her in her two starts prior to that. But, you know, to be fair, Aidan kind of fleshed it out a little bit. You know, I said, look, she had a real good break after Ascot, a real good break. And she done very well. And what, what he means when she says she done very well, she put on a fair bit of tub. And she just needed that first run back. She probably still needed the run again in the Moyglare, And at Newmarket, better ground up to a mile Stripping that bit fitter, all came together, and bang, she nearly wins a group one. Mm. Um, would have won it definitely on another day. Um, you'd be happier with her now if she was, if she'd a better draw. Ten is going to be a small bit tricky. Um, and I don't know. That was good ground in Newmarket. She handled it well. She handled it coming down into the dip. It's going pro- well. Peter will tell us more about the surface, I'm sure. But I'd imagine this is going to be quicker. And she does hit the ground hard enough now. I just wouldn't be certain that she'd relish a really fast surface if it is, you know, very quick. How, how quick will this ride, Peter? You know, we're we'll trying to quantify it You know, relative to Europe. You know, would this be proper, good to firm ground? Could it, could, it, could it even be a little bit more rattling than that even?
0: Yeah, I think it'll be firm. Um, <clears throat> there was actually a little bit of rain here this week, but you're talking about an area of the country that gets 10 inches of rain in a year. So there's only so much uh, there's only so much give that the ground is going to have. I mean, we can wait the meat actually uh, just starting now today's the first day we can take a look at some of the, the times versus the standard times and get a little bit more of a specific idea but uh, this is going to be for horses who want to hear their hooves rattle you'd have to assume okay
1: and, and Peter, just before we, we get Kevin's selection and your thoughts on the race like this is the first time Del Mar have hosted the Breeders' Cup and we know that there's going to be differences in terms of race distances for some uh, races but you're in San Diego in fact you're literally just after arriving in your hotel so again thank Thank you for your time. But in terms of handicapping, as the Americans say, and, and for our sake, for, for betting, what, did, what are the key things we need to know going into the Breeders' Cup?
0: Well, I think being aware of those different course configurations is super important, especially, and we'll talk about it in a bit, I'm sure, a race like the Philly and mare Turf, to me, takes on a very different complexion for two reasons. One uh, is the difference in distance, but also the fact that uh, at the mile and an eighth, at Del Mar. You have sort of an extra, it's somewhere between a turn and a dog leg, but it's it's basically another turn, which is going to really bring the draw into play in a full field. So there's some other unique uh configuration aspects that people are just gonna want to be aware of when we talk about the sprint. That's another another thing to have a, a left a five furlong left-handed race um, with a pretty tight bend on this kind of ground, that's going to have to affect the way that you that, that you look at the form a little bit. So just to not treat it as okay, this is just another race in America. There there are some very uh, peculiar aspects to Del Mar, and I think to to be to do well, you're going to have to contend with those.
1: All right, so Kevin, there's very little in the betting between these two fillies. One is seven to two, the other's nine to two. Uh, you've talked about the draw. Which one are you going to side with, or are you going to start it either as your selection?
2: Not everyone, will of course, will go, oh, of course he'd say that. I'd like to think now that this group one form that these two fillies are bringing in, especially happily, will be, will be best here. And look, if, she, if things go right in the first couple of furlongs, I'd, I'd like to think she'd be very tough to beat. I don't think fast ground will be a big problem. The last time she got fast ground, um, well, good ground. The only time she's got good ground was at Leopardstown. And she was very impressive that day. Mm. She was very impressive in the silver flash. So I'd I'd like to think, think, and I still think there's a small bit of juice in that price. I don't think it's unreasonable. I'd have her um, ahead of September, especially in these conditions, especially with the draw. So I think that I I would expect that gap to widen a little bit the the closer we get. Um, I'll give a quick mention to now you're talking for Joseph. She's got a good draw, which is important because she's a real speed filly. Um she would have a big stamina doubt here with with regard to getting the, the longer trip. She she stepped up to she stepped back up to six last time and ran a super race in the Chevrolet Park. and um, was poorly positioned as the race went really and showed an awful lot of pace to get into the race and, and nearly finished third. It was a super run. Needs to step up big time, needs to prove her stamina, but if she's gonna get it, um she'll get it around here and she'll rattle off the ground, no problem whatsoever and if Wayne can get her out and get her settled on the rail who knows um, she wouldn't be my selection I would stick with happily but um, she isn't one to ignore now Now you're talking Alright so it's happily for Kevin uh, as part of a
1: two pronged Aidan O'Brien team but Peter have you got something a little bit more sneaky in this or is this going to be another turf race of the Breeders' Cup dominated by the Europeans
0: Well, it's interesting, you know, this is a race where the European contingent has actually historically underperformed, and one man, Chad Brown, has overperformed, and he has a very live-looking favorite in here. And she wouldn't be my selection, necessarily, but but I feel like any uh, conversation about this race has to include mention of rushing fall. There's been a lot of positive hype about her since the beginnings. I remember hearing at the pub in Saratoga this summer whispers about Chad Brown- more than ready uh billy who when she hit the track was really going to be something and we didn't end up seeing her at saratoga but we saw her early on the belmont meeting and it was easy to see what the hype was all about from the with the style she won her first race and then she came back um at keeneland in a in a grade three and and showed that quality once again she's got the outside draw but she's holed up i think they'll just uh castellano will just drop her in and 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 she'll be flying late i mean it'll be interesting to see if she can uh she can match the late pace that i i would imagine september is going to show in here but but i do think rushing fall is one that has to be considered and the some of the bigger prices i'm seeing out there in the market i I can pretty much guarantee she's going to be shorter than that on the tote come the day but the horse that i'm interested in at just a crazy price this is what we like to hear the, the, yeah, I, I'm not going to pull a father here and give you a 50-to-1 shout-out. But, but I, do have, I do have a couple of horses at the longer end of the odd spectrum that I think could be very useful each way propositions or possibly horses who, uh, if, you're, if any of the listeners are interested in USA style exotics, might be worth a look. And uh, the Philly I'm talking about is the number one in here best performance for Christophe Clement. I just feel like her form is, as, as we say over here, a bit dirtied up. She had a race last time where the pace was not strong. She was very far back in that race and made a a very nice move despite being wide around both bends in the Miss Gorilla, which has been a very productive prep race for this historically. Her previous race, a very valuable affair at Kentucky Downs. There she was chasing a loose leader again and ended up uh, just not in a comfortable spot early and then having traffic trouble again late. I just think... She's got the inside draw, and she's just better than she looks and could be completely ignored in the wager. I'd be very surprised if she didn't end up uh, available at 20 to 1 or higher. So I'd take a little look at best performance in the Juvenile Phillies turf. Coming
1: out of trap one, she is going in the box exactly what happily. The the what? (laughs) These exotics sound even more complicated than Lucky Fifty Sevens. Uh, let me just explain something to you, Kevin. This does not involve getting boxes and moving them from one room <laughs> to another. Okay, <laughs> just 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 to avoid confusion, before we go any further, the second race that we're going to talk about on Friday is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, which. I did a double take because obviously for some reason I've been out of the loop or haven't been paying attention. I mean that wouldn't be like me to be unprofessional at all. I don't know. But uh I turned to Kevin Blake before Peter came on and said, This US Navy flag is a solid moral. And he goes, In the dirt. I was like <laughs> What?
0: What? <laughs> what
1: are you what are you talking about? <laughs> so, so they're gonna roll the dice and they're gonna go for the big bucks. In the juvenile dirt with the US Navy flag, Mendelssohn runs instead. I really liked his win second time. Then he bombed in the Champagne Stakes when he was the selection of Ryan. And he's gone off a crazy price in the Dewhurst and ran a really, really nice race. And obviously well enough to make them think he's capable of representing them well here.
2: Yeah, I think everybody did, did a double take because they thought that you had Mendelssohn in the mix and you the US Navy flag. And with Mendelssohn's pedigree um, by Scat Daddy, you know... Very much American. Every angle of his pedigree cost $3 million at Keeneland. They all assumed he'd go on the dirt and US Navy flag would stick to what he knows and Mm. and go on the turf. But they did the old switcheroo. And the reason behind it is basically they've um, made and felt that Mendelssohn just didn't have the know-how at this stage. Now, what's held Mendelssohn back so far is just that he's been very green and babyish. Mm. And he was very disappointing in the champagne stakes. They put a pair of blinkers on him at home and they noticed he turned inside out very quickly, and um, it really concentrated his mind. and got him to put down his ability on 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 the track at home, and they left him on in the two Then he ran a stormer, you know, to finish. Uh, you know, you'd have to say a well beaten second, um, to U.S. Navy flag, but still a, a very, very much an improvement in form. He improved about two stone on the old figures, but um, he comes here. I, I think it's it might be tough enough for him now. Um, the Breeders' Cup is not where you want to go if you're a bit babyish, and the blinkers did help him last time. But uh, going around the going around the bend here and on, on quick ground is from stuff from you know from trap one is going to be tricky for him, I think. And this is going to be an altogether greater test of his know-how and his, how streetwise he is. And I'll be impressed with him if he can come out of that with flying colours and, and and run well. But he wouldn't be for me now, especially at the price. He's short enough.
1: Yeah. Uh, sons of Mali is another one who's quite experienced. And he was another horse who bombed that day in the Champagne Stakes. But it's interesting that they've decided to
2: bring him over. Um, yeah, he, he, he ran below form in the middle park. Um, he was well beaten behind the US Navy flag. Oh, I don't know if there was, you know, things didn't go right on a day, you'd have to say. But mm. God, he'd need a big bounce back from that
1: now. He would. Gordon Elliott, uh, with next year's Well in two years time A juvenile hurdler in Beckford That's a snuff <laughs> He's coming over uh, You've got James Garfield uh, and Massar is the one That's probably going to get A lot of attention For Charlie Appleby They they could have gone At the weekend In the Racing Post Trophy They decided to go To the Breeders' Cup instead And um, his form Reads quite well There was a lot of talk About him earlier In the season as well
2: Yeah there was Just to briefly Go back to Beckford I think we could see A different Beckford now in really fast ground Okay. Um, sharp mile emphasis on speed, uh, fast ground could be a help to him. I think um, he he's perhaps been held back a little bit by the ground in his recent starts. But Massar look was beaten my happily last time on ground that uh, was probably softer than ideal. You know, is that what you're clinging on to? If you're if you're a Massar fan, you're hoping that the that the return to a firmer surface will suit him, mm. um, because being beaten by well, you know. I wouldn't be getting excited about the bear farm or that grand criterium though. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. Although I did like
1: what happily did, but I wouldn't be getting overly excited about them in behind. Uh, of course, we should also mention Rajah Singh. We've done it. Right, Peter, <laughs> you were, <laughs> your idea of the winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf
0: not a race where i have the the strongest of opinions obviously i you guys have gone over the 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 the, the... Uh, foreign contingent. and it would be no surprise at all to see the winner come from there. I agree with you guys about uh, being a little anti uh, Mendelssohn at the prices, especially. One I'll mention from the u s. side, though is I, again, I hope I'm not a broken record mentioning all these uh, these Chad Brown horses, but uh, number eight, voting control is definitely definitely worth a look. And what I like about him is I think that last race was just much better than it looked. He really had a almost a a, a Bayern esque difficulty at the start, um, losing all position and still managed to make up some good ground. It was kind of unlucky not to pass choke in the final furlong. And I just feel like he's a horse that, that could come on again for this and might be worth a look. Uh, I have a feeling it might be an interesting place to try some arbitrage uh, between the markets. I feel like this is a horse who could catch a lot of money on the U.S. tote. And current prices, are, are they're far from huge, but this is a horse where I feel I could get up into the solid double-digit odds and and might be worth a look at that if, if you're undecided about which of the, the foreigners to back. Uh,
2: in Ireland and England, we have each-way scum mags. In America, we have arbitrage wise guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the, the problem for this horse, though, is that once Trump starts to tweet about him, you're screwed. <laughs> Foreign control,
0: this is what we need. <laughs> he's gonna destroy the price on this one uh so you're be gonna careful. be careful be my laughter may turn to tears if you keep up with the, the Trump impression.
1: <laughs> not quite alec baldwin but we'll take it uh so you're gonna put forward voting control as as a big price arbitrage we like that phrase uh kevin blake you're gonna side
2: with who who am i going to side with <sighs> I was hoping Beckford would be a wilder price, but he's not as wild as I thought he might be. But he'd be my, you know... 30 each t- way scumbag bet? No, a, a token suggestion. Okay. A token suggestion, really. All right, that's
1: Friday. Uh, there is one race we want to talk about before we wrap up, and it's not because there's a horse called Champagne Room in the race. It's because uh, Peter wants to talk about it, and that is the Breeders' Cup uh, Longines Breeders' Cup Distaff. So this is gonna be at eleven thirty-five, live and at the races. Uh, why do you want to particularly highlight this race, Peter?
0: Well, two reasons. One is I just think from a, a sporting point of view, it's a really interesting race with a lot of horses on paper who who are exciting and make sense. And it'll be interesting to see how they how they all fare when they come together. But I also think that elite in here for Bill Mott could be worth a wager, especially if you can get some of the seven to two or or four to one I've seen floating around in places, I think she is just seems to be developing every race. The reports about her training are excellent. I was a little scared that Paradise Woods, uh, who's very talented herself, might lead these on a merry chase. But actually, the the horse whose name you were you were joshing about, uh, Champagne Room. The fact that she drew. The inside to me. That means that Mario Gutierrez has, has no choice but to go forward. That's going to make Paradise Woods' job a little bit harder to try to steal this thing. I think Jose Ortiz on a late can get perfect position and hopefully just continue to develop and give uh, Bill Mott his uh, 79th winner in the Breeders' Cup this distance.
1: That would be some performance as well, by the way, as we're talking about trainers breaking records. That really would be quite something. Uh, right, let's move on to day two, and we're going to skip straight ahead to the races that interest both Kevin and Peter. And the first one is the eight fourteen, uh, which is the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mirror Sprint, because you think there's a favorite to take on here, Peter.
0: Yeah, now I hope I'm not being uh, too, much of a, too much of a wise guy, too much of an arbitrage wise guy here. <laughs> but th- th- this is just a race where... You've got a big favorite in Unique Bella. And while she might be – rate if you were to rank the horses in the race in terms of the likelihood of their winning, she might be the most likely winner. But the prices out there around her right now are – they're definitely caught up in the fact that there's a real real hype about her, as you often find with a young horse who's shown this kind of promise and has all the ones over in the right-hand column and all the wins by open lengths. But when you're looking at it in terms of the field she's faced, And the numbers she's run, she does not have the kind of edge over this field to be the price that we're seeing. And as we get closer, especially uh, sometimes we see these favorites shorten on the day. If you could lay her at evens, you have to have the right type of betting personality, I suppose, to do it, because you're not laying some horse who doesn't have a chance. She has a chance, but she's got like a five to two, three to one chance. But if you just want to take the value and oppose her, the problem is, There are so many in this race who have a chance. The other thing you could possibly just do is try to play the board amongst the other contenders. But since many of your listeners have the far more civilized option of just to lay the jolly, Maybe go
1: that way. All right. I do like, though, the idea of doing like a box exacted to try and get a beat, which has just made Kevin go, <laughs> whoa, 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 what? <laughs> Wise guys. <laughs> also, can we please, and, and hopefully you like the show and you'll tweet about it. When you're tweeting to Peter, can you please go use the hashtag wise guy? <laughs> <laughs> and we just uh, get that going for the entire weekend of the Breeders' Cup Particularly if Peter nails a big price winner Just like hashtag wise guy Maybe with an image of Johnny Tightlips in the background as well They're a bit of Joe Pesci uh, get, <laughs> Am I a clown to you? Am I here to amuse you? Uh, yeah, let's try and get that working, please Because the memes we've had in the past have been just absolutely spectacular Right, uh, let's move on to the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. This is a fascinating race Uh, And it also means we can bring back in Kevin Blake and he doesn't have to be quiet. Uh, So so, um, there's a number of horses to talk about here. Senga uh, will be interesting for the French, I'm sure. Lady Eli is obviously a a fascinating horse for the States. Queen's Trust has really got to go and show something. But for me, obviously, Rhododendron, who was just really impressive on Arc Day. Um, She's had to come back from from a, a fairly you know the, the French Oaks did not go to plan at all she was pulled up that day that could have been the end of her season uh, she came back and ran well in the matron stakes it was a race that Aidan O'Brien could not emphasize more she needed and then she was really gutsy and of course the form of that has been franked on British Champions Day with was uh, going and winning uh, yet another group one for Aidan O'Brien so can
2: Aidan win this again? Oh the draw is a nightmare here mm. Look as Peter as Peter mentioned this work. if you're not familiar with Del Mar it's work going on to the old google Earth, or I'm sure you'd find a map of it somewhere but the way this is configured they basically kind of oh, not quite in the middle but essentially they start in the middle of the, of the track in front of the stands and they they make their way out in the dog leg out onto the main track and then this they've two turns to 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 deal with after that so stall 14 is not good yeah um to put it frankly um you, You'd like to think she could potentially even find a little bit more from Shanti because she needed her own so badly at Leopardstown that you'd like to think she could step up a little bit again. Aiden was was restrained now when I, when I put that to him. He, he thought it might be a little bit greedy to expect her to come on again because they, he, you know, he was quite frank. He said, Look, she surprised us with how much she she improved the Shanti. We didn't necessarily, like from what he was saying, reading between the lines, I'd imagine in their own minds they thought, Right, Leopardstown. Shanti Breeders' Cup That's, that's where, where peak. she'd peak Right But I think she might have Peaked a little bit sooner Than they thought she might So But at the end of the day If she runs to the same Sort of level as she did To beat gender, <laughs> um That's going to That's going to make her Tough to beat I know the, the American Phillies and mayors here are, Seem to me to be A decent bunch I'm not going to pretend To know them very well,
1: well But uh, Lady
2: Eli looks Lady special. Eli is a super mare um, The draws put me off The draws put me off Mm. and I've had this I've I've been keen on her for this race now for a few weeks as have I the problem is she's she's well found in the market she is she is and with the draw now you're not really getting compensated for that draw maybe she'll drift a little bit closer mm. to the time when people realise uh oh you know this is going to be pretty tough i out there but there's a couple of firms that push through to 7-2 to but there's a lot going 5-2 to two still like
1: there's obviously European bias as well but you'd like to think and, and Peter can tell us more about this but you'd like to think Peter that on the day there'll be American money coming in for Lady Eli. So assuming your bookmaker allows you to bet with the paramutual, not all of them do. And we're raising an eyebrow in the studio. You know who you are. Come on, play fair. Back in the old days, we were all allowed to do it. Can't can't we just go back to the old days? We were all allowed to play the paramutual and destroy you. Um, <laughs> after timing. But you would imagine, though, that there will be a lot of, of support for Lady Eli for this little known trainer who you haven't mentioned yet, Chad Brown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely she, she's gonna get smashed up you would think the only possibility of dividing money around being the fact that chad has two others in here one of whom i'll, I'll talk about in a little bit but but once again you if you can get a tote bet down um rhododendron going to be longer than these prices mm. uh currently available in uh in the uk and ireland on the usa tote almost definitely and we've seen this before um i, I think back to hit at a bomb two years ago who we talked about on the show the last time, uh, my my last appearance. And you ended up with a horse whose form said he should be five to two, going off closer than five to one on the tote. So if the bookies aren't going to price it in, I'm pretty sure the USA public will. So I don't think you have to give up necessarily, Kevin, on the idea of betting uh, rhododendron completely. Because just like in that situation, Ryan Moore, occasionally he's able to, uh, he pulls the, the odd rabbit out of his hat, and if he can do that, and somehow work out the trip for rhododendron. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at something like six or eight to one on the USA toad, honestly, with all the other runners in here who I feel like almost have to take money. Well, hit it so, a
1: bomb is a good example of what Ryan can do. I mean, I, I know that there have been high profile instances of people have gone, Oh God, he's had a nightmare there, but he was just brilliant. Where was he, he
0: drawn? He was drawn car car in the yeah. car park. In the car park. 14 once again. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And, and he somehow managed to get him up and like, Late but got him up, Uh, and then he did nothing as a three-year-old. But it was it was just really really interesting. So if he did, if she did drift out then to to fives, would that interest you, Kev? It certainly interests me more. Yeah, everything has a price, as we know. Okay, Queen's Trust seems to me to be a
2: horse who's just done with the game. She, well, it wouldn't be unprecedented now for her to go back to America. Back to a similar situation to what she was in last season. I know it's a very different track, different trip, Mm. but same medication, and she could come back to life. Look, She has been running badly, to be fair to her. Doesn't Um, she want that extra furlong, though, Kevin? Yeah, it would certainly be a help to her. It would certainly be a help to her. Which, which obviously, she won't get here. I wouldn't like to give up on her now, but... The market won't forget about her, of course. She's a, she's a European, but she she won at the Breeders' Cup last year, you know. She's the a European Amer- the trained by
1: Stout, ridden by Frankie. Yeah, as the well, Americans
2: so. will know her well. I don't yeah. think we're going to be getting any wild value there, I can't imagine. So, um and just to briefly while while I mention that just to briefly touch on the Lasix, I have a list in front of me of the those that aren't on Lasix and it's quite short, but I'll uh, are, which ones Are, are we, all of Aidan's on Lasix? Yes. Excellent. Um, there's nothing madly significant. Juvenile Philly turf Julia Capulet and Madeline uh, or Madeline um, of the Europeans are not on Lasix. Um, we have a, a Ribchester in the mile not on Lasix, but interesting. There's a couple of very significant ones in the turf: uh, Ulysses, Decorated Knight, and uh, Talismatic Good. not on Lasix. Good luck, lads. You've no chance.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> And Norval might object to that.
1: <laughs> we, we'll, we'll, Norval loves a bit of lasix. Is he around? Is he not going? Maybe that's what. The, maybe that's what's wrong with him. Maybe he snorts He snorts gravy and cycles lasix. <laughs> I maybe mean, that's what's, Maybe that's what's happened to him. He's been on too much lasix, and that's 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 done him in. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see. So I, I put you for a selection, Kevin Blake, Breeders' Cup, Philly and Go for it. Who's going to win?
2: Asher uh, sure Look at um, rhododendron on the American tote.
1: All right. Assuming that Peter's right. Peter, push you for selection.
0: I, I love the idea of backing Rhododendron on the tote, and I love the idea of backing Grand Jete, uh with a bookie, if you can. Cause I think Grand Jete, for is the, that other Chad Brown who has big excuses in the last two races, I think might come on again here. A little bit of hidden form, but American punters aren't going to forget that trip she had in the Beverly D. She's going to be six to one or shorter here. I'm guessing 12 over there. And uh, I'll have those two bets and, uh, you know, go get a beer.
1: Nice. And a box exacta uh, Trap eight for the Dan Silly Philly. That sounds interesting to me. Right. 10-19. Will we still be awake after all the alcohol we're consuming? I actually have to be. I have to be sober because I have to go up to the Aviva Stadium to cover a, a big football match the next day. So... Ooh, normally you can crack open a few cold ones during the Breeders' Cup, but I've actually got to go and do some pesky work. As is tradition? Uh, so yeah, absolutely, yeah. Do you remember the the um, the old ATR when the lads used to have a producer and they'd have, like, their power play? And if the power play won, this image of the producer would co- would pop up on the screen and be like, yes! And then crack it <laughs> open a beer. But if it lost, he'd, he'd crumple the beer and throw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! You sure, he, did that
2: happen? Are you sure, he didn't it just did. make that up. No, it did. Yeah, It <laughs> sounds but, a bit wacky but, Yeah, I but, don't remember. But that. but
1: that being said, you don't need that when you've got Jason and Luke just like absolutely <laughs> abusing each other non-stop. On to the Breeders' Cup Mile live and at the races, the only place to see every single race live from the Breeders' Cup 2017 from Del Mar at ten seven ten nineteen. Our time for race nine, and again another strong European contingent. Now. I know you're a regular listener to the show, Peter, which we obviously very much appreciate, but you may or may not have heard us talk about the Woodbine Mile a few weeks ago on the podcast. And I mentioned World Approval, who was very impressive that day and Lancaster Bomber was in behind. And Kevin Blake said, and I quote... World who? I mean, it's not like that horse is going to be of any interest did on Breeders' I, Cup night. Did I say like, that? Like, <laughs> shh. I mean, this isn't even going to be worth talking about. I don't, like, reg- I, I don't I care.
2: I genuinely don't recall that.
1: Two to one favourite for the Breeders' Cup mile
2: is world <laughs> approval on <laughs> the
1: back of that. So how good was that performance? And when you rank him against Ripchester, Roly-Poly, decorated knight who may go for the turf instead. Uh, Churchill, we know, is going for the classic. How good is this horse?
0: I think he's the best of the domestic bunch. But I think when you look at that Woodbine mile and you look at the trip he had, which was perfect, and you look at the trip Lancaster Bomber had, which was way less than perfect, and you, you could, to me, you could sort of weigh them up very much together. Now, I know Lancaster Bomber was getting a lot of weight there, But I mean, I think at the odds for me, uh, there's no doubt that I'd I'd rather have Lancaster Bomber than than world approval. And then when you think about, you know, Lancaster Bomber's price relative to Ribchester, the times that they've uh, encountered one another, you know, to me, the question of the race is just, is Ribchester going to be able to do this quick, not entirely planned turnaround? I feel like U.S. racing should suit him and... I'm pretty pleased that he's not a shorter price. Honestly, I think he's uh, just on on form and the figures I've seen, he's he's above this group, and uh, it's it's hard for me not to side with him. Though I do recognize there there's some risk with the with the quick turnaround in the long season.
1: There's been a lot of talk about what Jester has beaten in his career. I think he's been a fantastic horse, and and I've thoroughly enjoyed him. And it's a shame that he's not going to be in trendy next season. We kind of talked about it briefly a couple of weeks ago that would they bring him back as a five-year-old? I completely understand why they're not doing that. And um, it it makes sense. But it just would be nice to see him continue going because he's, he's a fascinating horse to watch. That being said, Goodwood, you forgive completely, but Ascot was disappointing. The wheels may have spun that day and maybe he didn't get the surface that he needed. But now he comes to the Breeders' Cup and it does, as Peter says, just really smell of an afterthought. Like, oh yeah, well, he's only going to have one more run. Let's just go
2: there. Yeah, essentially. That doesn't uh, preclude him from winning. Doesn't? Um, Like Peter says, I think this style of racing will really suit him well. Uh, a real speed test. You know, I'd I'd rather he was drawn a little bit lower. He's a horse you'd love to get in the box seat. Mm. Um, he's going to be a little bit wider than that, I'd imagine, which isn't ideal. But as long as there's plenty of pace in front of him... Um, Lancaster Bomber is going to go forward from 4 Roly Poly is going to go forward i imagine from 12 how how forward she can get from 12 mm. remains to be seen where she'll be able to get her bang up there like she might want to be I don't know but Lancaster Bomber the hope is to go forward um, things went wrong for him in Canada he got caught wide from a bad draw and had to drop in much further than he usually does um, oh, Ripchester I'm inclined to probably say no at the price just because it is a bit afterthoughty, and it's hard to come here for any horse to come here and not be quite at your best in Winner Breeders' Cup mile. And while he is a very, very good horse and the proper group one miler, he's not a superstar, I don't think. It's short enough turnaround as well. Remember Acceleration going for the double? He it's was so fortnight. good in the QE2. Yeah, a fortnight's and then
1: didn't fire at all in the mile like it's a, it's a lot to ask a horse.
2: Well after a long season especially as well you know you have to remember yeah. th- this this horse was out in Dubai. He was. and acceleration started, you know.
1: Acceleration started in the lockinge which is what Ripchester and that was his first win of the season but obviously you're right he was in Dubai first of all too. So yeah. if we're going if we're going to move away from him the two O'Brien horses it's really interesting that Rolly Poly goes for this and not the mare, which maybe gives you more of an indication about Rhododendron. Um I was really taken with Lancaster Bombers run, and I was kind of thinking he could be the sneaky play on the day.
2: Yeah, it's one of those. If if Lancaster Bomber won, you'd kind of go, mm, mm, mm. Mm. you know what I mean? Like that he's he's come up short a lot at the, at the highest level, but he's come up short a lot. He's only ever he's won from thirteen career. Yeah, you know. One from thirteen career horses, even even those that have been, you know, campaigning in Group One company almost exclusively. It's not really the 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 record of a, of a breeder, but of course that's that's largely irrelevant. We don't deal with trends and that t- type of thing here. But look, it was a good run behind World Approval, but World Approval ultimately beat him well. Um, I have an interesting quote from <laughs> about World World Approval here. Did you see this? Go for it. There was a bit of I eye, some eyebrows raised, um, for for Cassay being a bit can a bit candid. Um, here's the quote I hadn't seen world approval for a while because I'd been on my travels I can't believe how much bigger and stronger he's gotten as he's gotten older and I think that might be the key to some of his his success before he used to be leaner and longer where he looked more more of a Kenyan runner a mile and a half runner but now he's gotten a little bit more Ben Johnson in him and looks, looks more like a minor <laughs> unfortunate choice <laughs> right
1: right Interesting. Uh, a bit of the Ben Johnson. Is he on
2: Lasix? <laughs> 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 yeah, it's slightly advised, but we we, uh. we 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 like when when trainers are candid. Yeah, uh, but sli- not 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 the kind of connotation you want ideally <laughs> you can't really ask him for
1: an opinion and then criticize him for giving it but it's no, still, I, an eyebrow raising one, yeah, one yeah. the no I like it I
2: like it <laughs> absolutely it's an interesting
0: point There's a, there is something interesting beyond maybe the poor choice of sprinter to throw in there you do look at this horse's form and, and like you almost do a double take like wait a second why did it take until he was the middle of his five-year-old re- year before they realized this horse was a miler. And I do think there's, some, there's an answer to that uh, buried within that quote, which is just apparently he just changed physically. I don't have any notes on his appearances from, uh, from when I saw him uh, in, in Belmont back in the day. But that's, that's kind of interesting. Uh, it, at least it explains, it answers a question that I had asked myself, which is well, why hadn't he been doing this the whole time?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about roly-poly. <laughs> It's a fascinating quote, and I think if we dwell on it too much longer, we're
0: gonna go mad. We're gonna get Trump. Yeah, yeah big Trump.
1: Hey, listen, the man said it. He said it. Uh, Roly
2: Poly, drawn out in stall twelve. Ah, oh, it's not ideal, is it? It's no. not ideal. Um, she's been seen to best effect going re- going forward this year, making the running, um, profiting from from an easy lead at times. Um, look, she's been she's been a fantastic filly. She's not over big, but God, she tries hard. Um, the a mile on fast ground Will really suit her But you'd just love to see her drawn four or five That being said Given her price Would you take a chance on her? I probably wouldn't You know The, the one I kind of half like here Is, is um, And there, I've heard this pronounced So many different ways I'm going to go with Soudoi s s Studio. I, that, I've heard myself and Gary were pronouncing it one way at Leopard's Down there last month, and then Desi came on and pronounced it completely differently. <laughs> so I don't oh, know. Well, it wouldn't be like Desi to pronounce something differently. Oh, I'd run to you. <laughs> but anyway, this horse, he's been campaigning mostly shorter trips for, for pretty much all his life. Um, they've set him up to a mile in his last two starts, and he's been very good. Hmm. And an American mile should really suit him because he is quick um settling is a bit of is the thing for him he's been settling a little bit better and that's given him a great chance and he's been a- able to carry his turn of foot over that bit further and while he wouldn't necessarily have the profile of a of a big high profile uh, group, grade 1 winner like this being a six year old that's all of a sudden taken off a little bit um he he broke his duck in in a grade 1 last time um at Keeneland and i th- i just think this test w- would suit him very well and, you know, at a double figure price, I'd lean with him, but it, it's not a bullish out. All right. For you, Peter, who are you going to go with in the mile?
0: I'm going to get up into into codfather territory here and oh give, yeah. you, a, oh, get, give on, you another yes. longer price.
1: This is what <laughs> we case.
0: want. In case it all goes wrong for these horses at the lower end of the market. And this is a horse that uh, Suedwaz, I like how Kevin pronounced that. I don't know if it's right or not, but I like it, um, <laughs> ran down rather easily last time. But he's just, whereas I think with was, he that might have been the day you wanted to have him and his peak effort. This, uh, this other horse is one who I think could still be coming up to his best race, and we just haven't seen it yet. And the horse I'm talking about is number 11, Bala Rocks. Who has some good finish it's a difficult draw but that's going to help with the price this is a horse i'm fully expecting will be north of 25 to 1 yes. and i think has a chance to uh, at least get in the frame and could even win given all the attended questions about some of the leading contenders as you guys have been talking about
2: go on the wise guy <laughs> <laughs> if this, that,
1: <laughs> this Rocks wins for the legend uh, will mart never mind will mart you've Straight away at Peter T Fonatel at Final Furlong Pod hashtag Wise Guy.
2: You have to just have cha- you have to change your 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 um your uh, what do they call it the handle to, yeah. to at Wise Guy Pete.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, that that is just if that goes in, happy days. Uh, let's briefly discuss the uh, Breeders Cup Juvenile. Uh, simply because of the fact that US Navy flag goes for this and has been drawn in trap one. Uh, so the war front going on the dirt, Kevin. I mean, to me, this suggests to them that they don't really consider him to be a guinea horse next season, and yet you look back at what he did in the Jewhurst, You look back at what he did in the Champagne. He was good. He was really, really good. Uh, he's been impressive, and maybe as we heard in the montage for Peter's theme tune a little bit earlier on with Conan O'Brien, in the middle of all that was Johannesburg uh, winning the Breeders' Cup Juvenile.
2: Maybe he could do it. Like, he's, the, he's like this is a really, really good horse. He's been, he's totally underrated on what he's done. Like, people don't take to him because he's, he's run he's run a lot of times. He's had 10 spins. He's been beaten a good few times and people just haven't taken to him. But the form he's put down the last couple of times is very high level stuff hmm. and look, he's got two big changes here he's he's obviously stepping on the dirt for the first time um and he's stepping up a furlong and a half so it's', it's he's getting a, he's getting a double here, and it's a tough, tough ask, but they've been giving him tough asks all season like we, we were talking off air this is a horse that ran in the coventry you know, yeah and that, and that was his fourth run Unbelievable. <laughs> he's he's had such a tough time of it, and his last three runs he's just jumped out of the ground. And I wouldn't like to underestimate him. I've been underestimating him for most of the season, like many have. And while this is a huge ask, and I couldn't entertain having some hard earned on him, I wouldn't like to underestimate him all the same. Um, I just a slightly general point, I, I I said it to to Aiden the other night. You know, I mentioned about, you know, Giants Causeway going to Subtle before he ran in the Classic and, you know, quizzed him does he do anything special or unusual with these horses that are going on the dirt for the first time? And he. He said, "Well, no, you know, we we don't go down that road anymore. You know, they step out, and when they get over there, they'll train on it a little bit. But he he thinks a good horse is versatile enough to to overcome these things. He thinks you know, class and and toughness is probably more important um, than than lots of experience on it. So he's not he's no longer inclined to do do the likes of what they did with James Causeway. So uh, the first bit of dirt this lad would have stood on would have been in the last couple of days." Mm-hmm and um, yeah it's such a tough ask for him but that you know at, like the likes of him running here and the likes of Churchill running in the classic they're a free shot they're a free shot there's nobody in the world that'll lock it that lock US Navy flag if he runs bad in this but if he wins it he's a superhero yeah he's an absolute superhero if he finishes third here he boosts his profile immensely if he
1: wins it then they can start writing their own ticket for whatever stallion fee he'll have next season but it's it's fascinating that they would roll the dice with them um peter for you who will be the winner of the british cup juvenile
0: i think it's the banker of the two days uh, come on i mean it's not giving you much of a of a price here but the the favorite number 11 bolt doro has just been so impressive in what he's done on the racetrack i feel like anything above even money would be be kept I'd, i'd call that a good price on him even uh, one thing that's important to note about him for folks who are fans of speed figures, which of course dominate uh, so much of the market and the approach to forum study here in the United States, that speed figure of 100 that Bolt Doro earned last time, buyer speed figure that is, which already lays over this field, had to be artificially depressed um, to make the figures come in line in a way that Andy Bayer himself was happy publishing. Because he, if he'd assigned him the raw number, it would have been something like a, a one thirteen. So Ooh. if you're sort of a numbers oriented player like I am at times, I also big uh, b- a believer in in uh, gallops and and training and horse flesh. Uh, I'm not only a numbers guy, but I, I'm enough in tune with the numbers that that makes me think that at least part of my plan here isn't just going to be Bolt at to win, but probably. Uh, a cold exacta, bolt d'oro over the two solo mini just in case that that in case that raw figure was right and these two horses really just tower over the rest of their generation for the moment anyway uh, 11 Boltoro to win and uh, a little bit of bolt d'oro solo mini in an exacta for me
2: loving the confidence there as well well I, i'm familiar I, and i i'm not a regular watcher of american racing but even i am familiar with this Boltoro. Um, Simon Rowlands wrote about him in the Irish field and I'll just put a little quote from that um, because it's interesting it's the type of thing that would really catch your eye said something pretty remarkable happened at Santa Anita in California on Saturday on a card featuring five grade ones one of the winners ran astonishingly fast and that winner was a two year old some attempts to play down the performance lack credibility and Andrew Beyer who compiled speed figures for daily racing form justified rating Bolt Dora five points below Paradise Woods on the ground said having it the other way around as the evidence suggests it should be, was implausible. Um, if your theory does not fit the facts, then I suggest you change your theory, not the other way around. Ooh. <laughs> in, oh man, in Andy's
0: man. defense, in Andy, Andy's, Andy's a friend and obviously a colleague, and uh, you know, one of the reasons I'm involved in horse racing in the first place is his books and, and his wonderful work. So in his defense, what he's looking at... Um, is the numbers that would have had to have been assigned to like the third and fourth horses in there that had form. And Andy's making figures that are uh, really industry cornerstone stuff, which I think is, is slightly different. And this isn't to knock Simon, who's another guy I admire tremendously, who's looking at figure making much more from a punter's point of view. So I, I can see I can see both arguments. But the fact that I'm betting it the way that Simon sees it probably tells you where, where, where I am at the end. Of the
1: day. Well, when you're hanging out with Andy over the weekend, you just tell him that Simon's fired a shot across his <laughs> thorax. <laughs> a
2: harpoon's been fired across his thorax. It's on. Well, it, it's an interesting one because the, the guys that are compiling private figures and, you know, compiling figures and, and, and indeed opinions for for um you know, their own opinion columns and what have you, they, they have a bit more scope to be a bit further in, in either direction. They can be a bit more negative... And a bit more positive, whereas mm. um, the more what do we call it? Official source, certainly an official handicapper. I know fire isn't technically an official handicapper. In in closest in, thing we have though. Yes, in ter- you know they're, they're the industry standard, they perhaps have to be exercised a little bit more caution. Okay.
0: Well put. You put that better than yeah. I did. That's that's exactly it.
2: Um, but this is, and look, in terms of my own experience, if something, you know, if you have a hawk winging the lock-in situation where something seems just too good to be true and too just impl- implausible, if yeah. you want to put it that way, it often proves to be indeed implausible in the full funn- yeah. in the fullness of time. Yeah. Um, a strange one-off that happened for for some odd reason that um, we never quite managed to figure out, as was the case with Hawkwing. The horse who was going
1: to go forward didn't load, and um Canaan copped that on, nobody else did. That's my theory But it.
2: Well, it. was it was hammering down with rain, and it was probably yeah. a funny surface. But anyway, that's not relevant here. Um, you know, there was no... And Simon mentions that possibility, to be fair. It says, sure, something odd happening in, prior to the front runner such as a significant weather change or major track maintenance, none of which has been claimed. And um, Baldoro's time simply has to be viewed as exceptional. Well, all so, right. so what you're so, saying
1: is this is an absolute solid moral Robbie McNamara lump on job.
2: Well, <laughs> it'll, it'll just be interesting. It's an extra layer of narrative um, going into this race. You will have the believers and the skeptics, and we'll get to find out on that race. Well, of course, you know, one result, one
0: result. Solemini is almost the more interesting one from the point of view of uh, the, the data points for, for that argument, um, simply because even with the assigned figure, Boltoro is still so uh, head and shoulders above the competition. But if they really go ahead and run one, two and are clear, Bayer also reserves the right to revisit his figures. And yes. uh, yeah. if that's the case, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do that.
1: It's going to be so funny when U.S. Navy flag downs them all. <laughs> <laughs> and on the outside, it's the Irish Raider U.S. Navy flag!
2: <laughs> Uh, well named, by the way. He'll get support because of that name as well. I should imagine. Everyone, what's the, the U.S.? They had another U, the U.S. Navy on a U.S. Navy seal is a different horse altogether, isn't it? No, he? he's a, some yoke. It's a moderate right, yoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Didn't start you know, San Diego's a Navy town. Lots of Navy here in San Diego. So ah. we'll get, all the casual money will land right there.
1: Absolutely, and also Trump will tweet about him too. Great to see the Irish respecting our flag, America. <laughs> not, like, not like these <laughs> NFL players. The Irish respect our flag. <laughs> <laughs> okay Uh, Highland Real bids for back-to-back Breeders' Cup Turfs in what I think is the future race Um, Jim Crowley's going to feel pretty hard done by binned off to be replaced by Frankie Dettori you can take whatever excuse you want Crowley's been fantastic on this season and um, yeah it seems a bit harsh anyway Frankie takes over Uh, it'll be his last run before he retires to stud Decorated Knight's going to go here this is his preference 7th um, heaven will probably get the ground that she needs and that's been Kevin's view for quite some time but we'll lead off with you Peter Breeders Cup turf Highland Reel going for back to back wins he's had a quieter time of it over the autumn than they initially planned but he's had his prep run Ryan tried to give him the ideal ground as Aiden said in his interview with uh, Kevin for at the races for the Breeders Cup site and I think he'll take the world beating do you agree sir
0: I do agree. I I mean, I don't think it's as easy as it's definitely nailed on Highland Real here, but I think that he is, if you made me pick the most likely winner, I definitely would pick him. And I feel like that champion stakes runs just got to set him up perfectly. I kind of loved everything about it in terms of it being a prep race. I love the fact that he was completely non-bet all morning in a way suggesting that – it was it was nothing but a prep. And even when the money came in late, I just think that was folks uh, you know, thinking they were getting value about him, obviously riding him to, to be on the best ground possible and then not using the stick and not really you know, doing anything more to him than, than needed to be done. I just got to figure he's going to come here sitting on a race. We know he loves the conditions. It's not an easy spot, but uh, from a USA Exotics perspective, this horse would be on uh, every every single ticket. So is, is he your number one selection? I would probably I, – I, I have a goofy idea in here that I'll that – I'll, uh, that I might – if pressed to give one idea, I might give over Highland Real just because I feel like Highland Real. I feel like no, you don't need me to come on the podcast to tell you to, to, to talk about Highland Real. So. Okay. Well, what's your goofy idea? I'm a little interested in talismanic, actually. I was pretty impressed watching the tape of the last few races and looking at the i was having a conversation with a a, a fellow that uh, Kevin knows as well from from the old message boards guy named Rob Dove one of the top uh-huh. 10 pro punters in the UK today and uh, he was pointing out about the profile of of the, the types of horse that usually win this and it's not the 10 furlong horses going longer it's horses who want 12 or 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 farther and that that helped me start to see a scenario where with some real speed in this race, in the form of Beach Patrol, in the form of Oscar Performance, in the form of Highland Reel, with the idea that Highland Reel with 7th Heaven in the race, maybe not unlike last year, ridden particularly aggressively, knowing that the, you have somebody else on your team to come from the back if they go too quick. Well, if they go too quick, this horse, with all the stamina he has, Talismanic, with the inside draw, and with what I'm hoping is going to be a very big price – I just didn't want to get beat by him, and I thought he'd offer some value against the more obvious ones.
1: I I quite like that. I can tell you what's going to happen. Highland Real's going to win, and Talismanic (laughs) is going to finish second. And it's going to be one of these seconds where you're really frustrated because it's going to be a typical Miguel Barcelona, oh no, I got there too late right? That's what, that's what he's going to do He's going to hold him up At the back of the field And he's going to fly
2: like a train But Highland Real Will already have gone past the post well, I'll tell you what's going to happen Come on Highland Real is going to get win That you've had money on him Anti-post And <laughs> he's going to refuse to load He's going to refuse to load Because it, listeners If you haven't realised Kennedy has backed Highland Real For about nine races Anti-post this season And he's running none of them <laughs> Uh, it was only it was only losing on the King George when he,
1: when he ran an admirable race, uh, the Irish champion stakes, the Ark, the, the and the English champion stakes.
2: <laughs> you know, I didn't even think it was that many. It, 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 didn't, it, wasn't,
1: it wasn't that bad, Kevin. I mean, it's not like it was five races. It was
2: just a four. Well, basically, oh. you, have, you have to have your bollocks on him at two to one to get your money back. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: it's, a, it's kind of like a George <laughs> Bowen scenario where he's just going to go all in. And hope he wins at the other three. Gail keep going, lads. It's just—it's just like the Gabriel's caca scenario. Like if he wins, it's got to be at fifties.
2: <laughs> Uh, or, or, or you've had to have your absolute nuts on <laughs> there's no there's no enjoyment in it whatsoever it's just relief <laughs> <laughs> exactly what, oh. well this is the thing this is the last chance salute for Highland Reel yeah he's, gonna to he's, he's going to retire because it's confirmed he's going to Coolmore Yeah. and his fee hasn't been announced yet they're going to wait until to see what happens here just in case but he is retiring this is the last we're going to see of, of the mighty I won't say the great because we were trying not to overuse the word great, but the mighty Highland Reel, what a horse he's been. We'll, we'll talk about a mighty so cool.
1: horse a little bit later on, uh, Kevin Blake, horse that you've written about this week for ArthurRaces.com, a horse <laughs> who beat Highland Reel uh, in, in in the past, but I, I would call him the great Highland Reel. He's got six group ones to his name. Will it be his seventh? Is he going to win this?
2: Well, look, he got within five and a half lengths of the great wings. That makes him an absolute certainty anywhere in the world. <laughs> Does this mean that the American commentator is going
1: to say, Delphine's rocking and the world is knocking. Here comes Highland Reel. Uh, no, I think, he'll, look, I think he'll win it. Do you think he'll win it?
2: No, I don't. I don't. Oh, who's, who I are you going to for? Highland Reel, I think, you know, we all remember his his victory in this last year where the Hef um, got the, you know, people will still describe it as, as, you know, a fantastic ride. and Of course it was, but it was just an absolute a display of utter ineptitude and, and brain-dead tendencies from, all, from everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrendous. Yeah. Um, you know, they, 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 they produce the American Racing so well on the TV. And, you know, I was watching it in in, in my local pub and they always have a Breeders' Cup night and Highland Realist, whatever he was, five or six lengths clear. And, you know, you, you could hear the, the debate ongoing mid-race. Like, oh, it's gone too fast. Oh, it's gone too fast. But then it flashes up on the screen. We have the sectionals and we also have... Um, they 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 put up a little note, something like steady or something like that, average. Or, yeah, you know they they basically put it up in the streets and yeah, he's not going hard, lads. Like oh, he's not going to come back, and sure enough, he didn't. Um, he won't get a freebie this time, as Peter says. There's pace in this race, um, and there's no element of surprise this year. And um, he was seen as a second string in the race last year, if yeah. you if you remember. And he was the the rest probably said, oh, there's the pacemaker off. Well, he'll come back to us and he obviously didn't whereas this year he's the big gun and it's it's very tough to get an easy lead when you're the big gun um, so I think he's going to get spoiled by something uh, that'll make his job difficult and the one I like is 7th Heaven I think she's been building steady steady um, they've been training her with a view to peaking here um, Aidan sounded very happy with her said Pat Smullen you know you, you look at the bare form of the arc and you go gee she's beaten 11 lengths she's run badly Pat delighted was the quote with her um, ground was all wrong for her, you know, was still being brought along and and this is probably going to be her swan, swan song, and I don't think Aiden's going to leave any juice in the lemon here this is this is it, okay, she's gonna be ready to run for her life. The race should pan out lovely for her a mile and a half on fast ground is her optimal conditions if they go a tat tat in front, which I think they will better again and um yeah, look, she's a double figure price, and um while she'll probably need a career best effort to win this, she might not. When this ma- when this mayor, or this philia, I should say, has been at her very best, she's been deadly.
1: Yeah, she has
2: to be she fair. She smashed up found at York last year. You know, she was, you know, it, albeit and maybe not the world's best group two at Newmarket. She bolted up by five lengths back yeah. in May. You know, when she's on, she's very, very good. And, uh, you know, the one... She's trying to crack her in Dubai as well, to be fair. On ground she wouldn't like, yeah. you know, after the the... They they seeded the clouds to, to ruin the, the race team. for, for Lamato, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The, um, the conspiracy against Lamato. Le <laughs> um, Both
0: left-handed courses, too. Another thing to point out was good efforts, came.
2: Yes, good that, point. And look last year you know 10 is just it's just too short for her I think and she's still around a cracker behind Queen's Trust mm. um, with
0: a bad trip too.
2: exactly you know yeah. a mile and a half is what she wants and she's been a bit for Project of Mind for a while now but this is the day this is the day lads okay. so hopefully she'll run a big
1: one alright so 7th Heaven Highland Reel Talismanic do the the box exacta the exotic trio and we'll see you all in Dubai fortunes to be made <laughs> cardboard box okay And finally, the grand finale, live on At The Races, is the Breeders' Cup Classic. Now, if we said at the start of the season who was going to win this race, we would, of course, be talking about Dubai World Cup winner Arrogate uh, going for back-to-back wins. However, we need to go to our international racing correspondent, Ivan, uh, because Ivan's got an update for us. What is the latest on Bob Baffett's horse? And they will be blood in the water, and the sharks will come. Thank you very much, Ivan. Yeah, it hasn't gone to plan, apparently. Blood in the water uh, with this one. And he's not favourite. He is not favourite. Now, I know that if Candace was here, she would be against Gunrunner, or at least she was um, when we spoke to her a few weeks ago. Um, we didn't... Given the fact that she's ill, there wasn't much point in saying, "Hey, by the way, I watch you fancy for the Breeders' Cup." Let the poor girl get back to her, to her best.
2: Um, not and that encourages a charade, it. Mean. But uh, she, the the the, the 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 queen of the Wings fan club, didn't want to come on and have it out with me. <laughs> and I debate air. with you, the
1: Paxman style debate. <laughs> right. So, let's go straight to the man who's going to know who is going to win the Breeders' Cup Classic, Peter T. Fonterrel.
0: Well, was, was Candace's complaint about Gunrunner that she thought he was a bit of a flat track bully? Is that is that where she was going with that? Because on paper, on numbers, I mean, I do I make him the most likely winner and uh, not like a horrible proposition at two to one. But but I think there's other things in here to get more excited about. But I'm curious what the case against him was from from her point of view, if you I, if you recall, I think.
1: Was it stamina? Was it, yeah, it, was stamina it the is a small question, Mark. I is think that- stamina was the truth. I, I think the argument that, that she was putting up was he's too short given, given stamina questions. But again, sure. I'm, I'm not leaning heavily on all of the information here.
2: I've, I've definitely heard that case made in recent days. Yeah.
1: And I don't want to I misrepresent mean, I, her. She yeah. may very well have changed her mind since, but I, I do remember her, her making that
0: case. But you're you're like very my keen horns on the form run well enough at ten furlongs that that doesn't bother me as much. Okay. Um, but I, there's I do prefer to try to find another outsider in here because Gunrunner again USA style exotics uh, the pick bets that we play Gunrunner will be all over my tickets. Arrogate obviously the old Arrogate wins this race so easily the Arrogate who we saw win those four races in a row. Um, starting with the Travers Stakes last year and culminating with that amazing run in Dubai where the two and a quarter doesn't do justice the difference between him and Gunrunner. He was 10 lengths best given all the trouble that he had in there and the fact that he was wrapped up late. But I just don't like those last two races. I feel like even last time, while the figure snapped back to a place that was closer to what he was running during his good races, I just feel like visually the race just didn't do anything for me. He was stopping and starting and you're hearing a lot of narrative about how he's putting put on weight and he's getting back to his best but but i just i worry um about getting too leveraged or too stuck in to a horse at a short price who just might not be the, the same horse
1: sorry is. is this ting on is this ting on <laughs> peter can you hear me peter Hello. i got you norval what's up hi, hi peter how are you doing listen um look first of all it's great to be back on the show it's great to be back on the show um where's the And and who's this new one, Tuala? Does she have my number yet? Anyway, um, so look, what I wanted to ask you there uh, was, obviously, you know that I'm the king of all the statistics and I've got all the information and all the stats and all the things and all the yokes. But um, all the I heard, uh, <laughs> shut up you about your disco biscuits, will you? And you can talk to me about that bit later on. But what I wanted to ask you, though, um, which fascinates me, is there's there's rumors going around about some statistic about Bob Baffett's Dubai runners afterwards. Is this
0: true? I don't know if I've heard this statistic, Norval. you might have to uh, ask one of your one of your one of your stat buddies what's, well, what what's I've the, heard what's the gist of it?
1: what I've heard on the grapevine uh, from Andy Byer, who I was having a few drinks with there the other day <laughs> is that um apparently Bob baffett's Dubai World Cup winners they just bomb afterwards they're never the same is that is that what you've heard
0: oh I mean there's all this talk about the the supposed Dubai curse, the little bit of poking I've done into the data. Uh, has suggested that that's more old wives tale more noise than it is signal but i have not looked at it through the lens of bob baffert himself or you, you think maybe we should take a look at that
1: yeah I, I think you should and i think you should definitely keep poking that data that's the way to do it poke as much data as you possibly can my good man right we'll, we'll chat to you again peter always great talking to you bye lads bye bye See you,
0: lads.
2: we're gonna have to talk to Norval about his pronunciation of bob baffert i think
0: <laughs> Bob he's got more who? important things to worry about who is, who is
2: Bob Baffert um, so
1: who are you going to side with in the end if, if you're going to go for something at a big price who is it
0: I'm going to go with who I believe might just be the best closer in the race he's coming off a huge run and this year's Travers Stakes and nobody's talking about him and, and that horse is number nine Gunavera. This is a horse who I think should be north of 30 to 1. We, we might just get into Godfather territory here with this one. <laughs> and it, there's just not a lot of horses to be running late. If, if they all engage, if all the horses with, if the faster, technically better horses all engage early, you'll see this scenario where you can get a bit of a pace meltdown. And if that's what happens in this Breeders' Cup Classic, I think Gunavera has as good a chance as anybody. Again, probably more likely to uh, to, to get up into the frame and be a good um, each-way play at, at that huge price. But I wouldn't rule him out. I'll have him in the in the USA uh, pick bets as well, paying off here. And, and if he should happen to win, buy a new car.
1: Well, he owes us money because he... Jesse May put this horse up in the Matchbook Betting Podcast for the Kentucky Derby, as Kevin says, and he cost us a fortune, an absolute fortune. But he made a similar case to you that he's a, he's a closer. So I'm happy to go with Gunavera. Um, we need to talk about a couple of things here. Obviously, the winner of this race is the one that was the most visually impressive last time. Kevin Blake, comes in here on the back of a win, uh, bred for the dirt being by Warfront. Be. <laughs> Dundalk produces the Breeders' Cup Classic winner and War Decree. One ya! Good thing ya. Uh, war Decree lines up, which is interesting, but the even more interesting thing is Churchill uh, going here. His sire ran in this race. Glen Eagles ran in this race. To you, is this a case of Psh, we're going to retire him anyway, roll the dice. If he puts
2: up a good performance, then his value increases and if he doesn't, no one's going to blame us. Yeah, it's a free shot. It's a free shot. Things haven't gone right for him in recent months and this is a free shot. Like you say, Galileo ran in it, didn't work out. Um, Glen Eagles, who spread on the same cross by Galileo out of a Stormcat mare, he ran in it, um, didn't work out. Um, but then you'd have to say Churchill physically is probably made up a bit better, a lot better than Glen Eagles for for this sort of test. I um, oh, couldn't fancy him myself now. Mm. Um, even if he handles it, I don't know if, if he could cope with the likes of Arrogate on his day. Um, well, war, the war, war decree, super interesting. I yeah, think. I think that this is the one I like. Um, of the two at the prices, I'd prefer him. He was super impressive last time. Yeah. Um, look, he lacks a bit of experience. He has the pedigree to do this job. Um, on, a on, war but, front out of a street crime area. Yeah, on both sides. Uh, but could you back him, a, he'd want to be a, a wild price. He probably will be. Um, But he's interesting, though. I was was impressed with him last time. Um, Arrogate's just so interesting, isn't it? Because I was Mm -hmm. so impressed with him. Um, Completely useless throwaway. fact, Arrogate, the four-year-old, has had the same number of starts in his career as US Navy flag. (laughs) (laughs) The the (laughs) two-year-old. 10 starts apiece. But there you go. Useless information. But he's, the, the, the stats are my job. You, you you take D from me. You take the stats from me. You take everything from
1: me. It's not funny.
2: Uh, but actually, look, what he did in Dubai was was a little bit special uh, with so much going wrong. Yeah. But since then, it hasn't been so good. And I will point out another factual fact in that. We like uh, factual facts. Of the three times Arrogate has been beaten, two of them have been at Delmar. Ooh. And those were his last two performances, and there is a theory going around that he just might not like the place. Okay. And um Peter will know more about it than me now, but as far as I know, they've kept him out in Santa Anita up until very late in the day before shipping him uh shipping him down to Del Mar. And there's a chance he might just not like the place all that much. Well how I, about how I, about I, we do this then? How about we go for Gunavera
1: and War Decree? And we do the box exacta, and screw you, gunrunner and arrogate, and we make an absolute <laughs> fortune.
2: Oh, but I, I think I, I was listening to some good material there that the Breeders' Cup put up earlier, and they were making the point that the the track at Del Mar, you know, the, these artificial tracks behave a bit differently depending on the weather. Mm. And he was running there during high summer, and when it's very hot, with with a lot of these artificial surfaces, and it's the same you know, at Dundalk during high summer when it doesn't rain, it gets quite deep and it rides very differently to when there's a bit bit of a bit, little bit of rain knocking about and it, it cools down, it, it tightens up. And um, I think Bob Baffert, it might have been his assistant trainer, was making the point that he felt the track is is going to ride a bit more normal at this meeting okay. than it was during high summer. He said people were finding it a little bit hard to work out during high summer at the time Arrogate was running there, uh, whereas now it's a bit more as it should be. And he was, you know, trying to put a positive spin on that. But look, if he comes back to his best, he bolts up. And to be fair, he wasn't a million miles off his best last time. He wasn't a million miles off it. And the noises coming coming from there are very positive. Um, if he were a mine, I'd stick a pair of cheek pieces on him or something like that because he seems to be, he seems to be getting a little bit lazy or a little bit, maybe a little bit sick of things. But he just seems, he doesn't seem to be traveling like he can. A little bit sleepy. It could it's America I suppose we could stick a pair of blinkers on him but they obviously haven't done that um, so that's just me talking but he does seem to be going that way a little bit mentally more so than physically but mm. the noises have been encouraging um, and at the prices if you wanted to price me a match with Arrogate and Gunrunner I'd probably go with Arrogate yeah I would too to um, be fair the the thing is the fact that he won this race last year he won the
1: Conor McGregor race he won the, <laughs> he won the Dubai <laughs> World Cup I, I've like it would be It would be great to see him bounce back He's just been so disappointing The last couple of times I'm going
2: to take a punt On Wardecree You You're going to go with Arrogate Yeah I'll go with Arrogate I think You know It'll be one of those That if he goes and absolutely bolts up all right. we'll, we'll all go Ah what Yeah 9 to 4 2 to 1 yeah. For the best horse in the world lads The greatest so, horse whoa, whoa sorry Sorry the on second the, on second dirt, best. On dirt. Second, oh, second best, best horse, horse in the world. there. It's very yeah. important Yeah yeah We don't you, want to hate mail you'll,
1: you'll get even more abuse On people Twitter People throwing you get even more abuse on Twitter. <laughs> we know it's going to be for Peter. <laughs> what was that? Twala? That had to come out. Leave it in. Apparently that had to come out. So uh, let's get the Lucky 31 oh. for oh. the Breeders' Cup. So we'll start. Start with me because I only have one that I'd be strong on. Okay, let's start with Peter. We'll start with Kevin. Kevin,
2: your first selection. Seventh for heaven. For Lucky 31. Seventh, Seventh heaven.
1: Seventh heaven in the turf. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah! You can stick your Highland reel up here, Jaxie. Okay, all right. So it's an each way lucky thirty-one. Then
1: it's a scumbag
2: each way lucky thirty-one. Uh, <laughs> the wise guy each the, way thirty-one. The wise
1: guy each way lucky thirty-one. Okay, Peter, your first selection.
0: Now, I don't know what a lucky thirty-one is, but hey! I assume it's some sort of permutation. That is, is it, That, uh, that is, it is indeed. Is it okay to pick shorter end of the odd spectrum? Oh, of here? course, yeah. Do whatever you want. I'm just gonna give a winner because I don't want to let folks down with Bolt or.
1: Okay. All right. We just right give uh, I will go with Happily in the Juvenile Phillies Turf. Okay. Back to you, Kev. Oh no, God, go to go to Peter. All right, Peter, another <laughs> one. Another one.
0: <laughs> You're making me pick two here. Um, and, and it's if you miss one leg in this type of bet, are you out or is nope. it okay? If you have, have some- if
1: you have one winner, they will treble your
2: odds and you you get that winner. I don't have a clue either, Peter. Don't don't feel bad so about it's, that. It's
1: five horses in five different races, and if they all win, we should be doing very well for ourselves. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna go with a late.
1: <laughs> a late, and I'll go rhododendron to wrap it up. There you go. That is the final front podcast, Lucky Thirty One for the Bridges Cup. Do we not need another 26 horses we do but we'll talk about that afterwards (laughs) peter thank you so so much for joining us on the podcast i hope we get you on again soon because i know there'll be plenty more racing to talk about in the internet in the on the international scene even if i can use my mouth words correctly after an hour and 20 minutes but you're a good man enjoy santa anita Uh, have as much free beverages as you possibly can get on that gravy train and uh, looking forward to hearing the daily racing form podcast as well which is, will be excellent as always, I'm sure. And we're looking forward to having you on again in the show very, very soon.
0: We have a ton of fun. I'm going to need some advice about the uh, bleep button at some point. For, <laughs> for
1: me. We'll, we'll talk to you about that bleep button. It's very much needed. If, when you get Vanessa on as a guest, you're really going to need it. Uh, Peter, be good, man. Have a great time at the Breeders' Cup. We'll chat to you again very, very soon.
0: Cheers, gentlemen. An absolute pleasure any time. Would love to come on and keep up the great work. You know, I listen every week. Thanks, my
1: friend. Cheers, Peter. cheers. That is the legendary Peter T. Fornatel. You can follow him at Looms Boldly on the Tweet Machine. He is just different class. He really is. And thanks so much to Peter for uh, for stepping in and covering for Candace this week. Right. Um, let's talk about some jumpers, shall we? Oi, oi. There's actually jump racing. We're going to see Mellon on Friday on at the races. He's going to be running in the uh, W.K.D. hurdles. So Wicked. I presume he's going to be. Uh, off his face on Disco Biscuits later on that <laughs> night in, uh, in, in, <laughs> in
2: Dead
1: Royal uh, after he wins the wicked hurdle. He, like, he just wins, doesn't he? He wins. He wins, yeah, he wins. Let's not complicate our minds here. Yeah. So, nice to see him back in action and it confirms the fact he's going hurdling this season. Uh, then there's going to be possibly either Mystic Theatre or Contingency, or maybe both, will run. Uh, Mystic Theatre is a horse we've talked about in the show before. Be
2: nice to see her run. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no proper. The, the Down Royal is a super meet for me that that's the real start of the jumps. Yeah. You know, there's there's no messing about after Down Royal's done and dusted. Yeah. No, this is this is where it properly starts. On <coughs> your face Charlie Hall. Uh <laughs> off to
1: Saturday where you will be broadcasting live on at the races alongside Gary O'Brien. Yeah, can't
2: wait. missed last year. Ready to go. Love Down Royal. You'll be there and you Don't be- love the drive, but I love it. It's oh, great It's up there. a long drive. <laughs> it's a
1: long drive. Uh you'll be watching this much touted Gavin Cromwell horse. Espoir Allen. yeah, a and Apparition in the juvenile hurdle. Apparition,
2: Apparition, even in um, juvenile hurdle. Yeah, like the juvenile scene ha- hasn't really been lit up yet. I suppose the closest thing to a real fancy one we've seen so far has been this Espoir d'Allen. There was an awful lot of chat um, about him prior to his Irish debut, and um, I thought he did it well. He was quite impressive. Did mm. it on the bridle from a horse with plenty of experience. Um, apparition fell in. You'd have to say last time. Yeah. Um, you know, what wasn't wasn't? I think the the second was matched at one hundred and one. Um, the how do you want to pronounce that? Machuka. Um, looked all over the winner and and faltered for some reason. An apparition came. back like apparition, I think, is going to stay very well. He's going to stay well. I don't know if two miles around down royal will be a sufficient stamina test for him. Okay. Um, if if all went well for him there now, I, I, he could end up at Cheltenham next month for the, or sorry, later this month I should say for the for the, the good juvenile hurdle there, which that test would really suit him. I'd yeah, the climb up the hill and all. Um, yeah. but hopefully he'll he'll run a big one here. His jumping went in the right direction from from his hurdling debut to last time, and hopefully he can take another step forward in that regard here. But I would say the one to beat is Espoir Dallen. All right, it's fair to say. Let's
1: talk about the three or five. The my car needs a. Dot com chase grade two right. Uh, so this is over two miles, three and a half furlongs, and Disco's back in action. So too with Toy Phil, Annabelle Fly, Bally O'Sheen's horse. I really like. Uh, Roads respect. There's a lot entered. Like Kigginstown, obviously have half the field here. Woodland Opera was quite disappointing last time out. Steve with Disco first of all. Obviously, it all came together for him at Punchestown last season. He's he's a high class chaser in the making. And Noel meads on fire. Understandably,
2: a short price favourite already. Yeah, look, he's a fantastic horse. He's a fantastic horse. He's got form tying in with our Duke from last year. You know, he he didn't maybe get the best of rides in the in the JLT when he finished behind York Hill. Came good at Punchestown. This trip might be a shade shorter than ideal for him, but a few of these will be in the same boat. Um, this is a race that that is generally quite good. It's a it's, a, it's kind of a second season second season novice, if you if you want to call it that. Mm. And um, if he can if he can win this now, you know, over this trip. You'd be getting excited enough. Where would he go from here? I wonder, would he go John Durkin, then Alexis? Perhaps. Possibly, depending on what Giggins don't have as well. Yeah, that could be that could be the route for him. If it, he proves himself to be effective over two and a half here, John Durkin. Interesting that Paul Nichols does not have a runner down well this weekend. Yeah, he traditionally would have had um a, a good time of it at yeah. this meeting. I just saw A.T.R. just posted the video. It's been nine years since Cotto Star won the JNY. Wow. Nine years. What a horse incredible racehorse oh, never that long ago
1: and let's talk about the race he won and, and lit up he won it twice didn't he I think he won it twice God,
2: I can't remember off I remember. the top
1: of my head I think he did won, but the fact he came over for it and, and won fabulous, it really was well. yeah. fabulous what an absolutely brilliant racehorse um, we'll be now, waiting a while before we see one like him oh for sure uh, just a, a legendary racehorse and, and a horse that will have brought so many fans to the game as well um now, in the race that he won in the past, the jnwine.com champion chase, a race that's been won by legends like Beef for Salmon and Cotto Star, um, we need to talk about a horse that's a dark horse in this race. Now, there's the obvious favourite, but there's a dark horse in here that not many people will have heard of and not many people will know about, but the trainer's been talking him up. <laughs> He's been talking him up a little bit. And Sorry, Twala, what's that? These are last season's quotes? Oh, but well, he's been saying it over the summer again, though, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So apparently this is a right dark one, okay? There's more of that as a horse to keep an eye on. He could be a bit special, there's more of that. <laughs> Might go down the cross-country route. I still don't understand why he was entered in that cross-country <laughs> race that time. That it was, makes no sense. It was very random at the it time. It must have been a clerical error or something. I have no idea. Anyway, he's, he's entered. We'll see. Uh, Road to Respect... Was was good last time out, but of course
2: our Duke. It's all about the Duke here. It's all about the Duke.
1: Uh, he's going to get his campaign off to a start here. Oh, and I love is, the Duke. He's already long odds on, and is many people's idea of the Cheltenham Gold Cup winner. Oh, yeah! Um,
2: can't wait to see him back now.
1: It would be great to see him just come back and win this race. Yeah, it'd be lovely.
2: The road to respect is no joke. I think he's an, he's an improving horse. He improved to the back end the last season. I know our, our good friend Boise put him up for the Gold Cup before his reappearance. Looks he did. Like good, you know, yeah. and I know Kilcary Bridge got a bit of a, stole a bit of a lead on him last time under Danny Mullins and wrote to respect. Made hard enough work of it, I suppose, to mm. to, to, to get him. But he got him. And that was a good start back. sub lieutenant uh, back in third. So he, he'll he want to step forward again. But he could. But look, the Duke wins, surely. Yeah, We'd we'll be sick too. if the Duke didn't win. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, he wins, and then he goes from here to the John Durkin. No, nah, did they mention that now? But I, because I, we were talking about that being a really yeah, surprising decision. I wouldn't, to drop li- back I
2: wouldn't in like, like that plan, but if they do, they do it. But we'll see. We'll get this out of the way first. Did Did Jessica make a point about that she wanted to sharpen him up? Basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that might suggest that maybe he needs this
2: run. I'm pretty sure she also said he's very forward, okay. or, is that, or is that sizing John? Let me revisit my. Let me revisit my thing here. If you give me approximately 15 seconds, I'll have it here. Pro- Poor old Alfredo
1: Sobo, still knocking around. Zabana. Connie Gray. Well, we'll talk <laughs> about him a little bit later on, uh, very briefly. Have you got your quote? I do, yeah. Go for it. Looks He looks fantastic and seems to be well forward. Our Duke. Yep. Excellent. Well then, he wins, basically. Uh, quick note on Weatherby. Little Rockefeller. I'm only mentioning him just for Lydia Hislop. Uh, he goes the, Kennedy loves women He goes in the 240 And then in the 315 Coney Green Non-runner in the Charlie Hall
2: just make, just make it official now, lad. Like you don't, don't be dragging us along again. Nico's jocked up,
1: but uh, yeah, high profile non-runner again from the Charlie Hall <laughs> Be nice to see him back in action. We'll see what he can do if he if he retains all of his ability. Um, obviously, he had that fantastic run at Punchestown, so it'd be nice to see him back. We
2: we do joke, but we do love Green. <laughs> no, we do really like
1: him. And the thing about him is that for both him and for, oh, look at this. There's another dark horse. Uh, more of that's entered here as well mm-hmm. interesting stuff from, from John Joe um, the thing about Conigri and card is one's 10 the other's 11 they're not going to win a Cheltenham Gold Cup again they're going to be revved to go for these races like it's going to be this bet for a chase and it only gets harder from then on so I would suspect uh, if they're both right we could see a, a cracking race and of course more of that then staying on Black Line and Bristol Demai interesting Bristol Demai's got to you know Flat track bully. Vian Leon Rouge would be interesting if you score. Crystal Demai Hmm.
2: Will go for the Betfair Chase. He will, yeah. And he's got a fine record at Haydock. Oh, he's got a great record at Haydock. He's got a great record. Could at be Haydock. interesting. Yeah. yeah. He loves it there.
1: Right. That's our look at the National Hunt Racing. Don't worry. We'll talk more about National Hunt Racing next week. Um, I know some of you are like, oh, he's talking about the flat. What are you talking about? However, we do need to talk about one of the most important. And significant performances ever seen in Australian racing. Now, what I loved was Rishi Basad was was stepping in for Nick Luck, who's obviously overworking for NBC this week. And they started talking about winks on Luck on Sunday. And Channing, our good friend from the Matchbook Betting Podcast, was was on the guests' sofa, uh, looking very dapper. And Channing starts talking about winks and isn't exactly very complimentary. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they go and Rishi just turns to the camera and says "And delighted to say that we've got one of Winx's owners on the line with his It's <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> to such an extent and they clearly didn't know because he he started talking about something else later on and he says yeah I'll start talking about this and then you're going to bring on the, the, <laughs> one, of, one of the co-owners uh, so it better be nice. So that was a real stitch up job. Uh, nicely done there. But anyway uh, for Final Fourland podcasts, premium rate subscribers. We know that there was a great commentary on this race, but we sent over one of Ireland's most famous commentators to commentate on the race for us. And for you premium rate subscribers, you got this action on the nice if you paid the money. But if you didn't, here's one of Ireland's most famous commentators commentating on Winx's historic Third Cox plate. Gay chop from Folkswood. Hard arm on the outside, but no one's come to see these horses. We're here for one horse and one horse only. We've waited 35 years for this, and here she comes. Winx, she takes a look at the 120,000 people in the stands and says, You think I'm good? I'm the best you've
0: ever seen. The valley's rocking, and the world is knocking as Winx makes her way to the front. You bowman hasn't moved a muscle. This is sensational. Oh, no. Here comes Humidor staying on strongly to spoil the party. But Wings, she's too strong for them. She's too strong for them. And Wings, uncontented joy at the valley. A season of all seasons. Wings is what Arthur Cox Uh
1: I presume uh, I'm going to get a load of tweet abuse now. Because you, you you got a hurricane of abuse for your article, which wasn't really
2: having a go at her, (laughs) you woke up to a hurricane of abuse on Twitter. I'll tell you what, wing supporters, sensitive bunch. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't mind it now, and Aussie baiting is one of my favourite sports, don't get me wrong now, but if I set out to wind them up and to get a reaction, you know, that's one thing, but I really didn't. (laughs) You genuinely didn't. I mean, I, I think what probably happened
1: is that you know, putting up the photograph of the Aldwinksy cap, which, by the way, where are they? Oh, they're at home, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, under lock and key. These need to be brought into
2: the studio. I've had five attempted break ins to try did, and get to those hats. Did you decide? I oh, better not give those away this week. I, don't
1: <laughs> <have enough abuse laughs> I couldn't give a two flying, you know what? Can you give us two
2: examples of comments on your blog? Oh, uh, no, there was a very good one. One of, one of them was, You absolute pleb, enjoy your miserable winter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kevin Blake and your second your second highlight another
2: guy said Blake you're a failed jockey or something something along those lines I'm like right Okay. (laughs) It's because everybody knows
1: that you started out as a jockey.
2: Uh, My Hopes and dreams shattered. It's like we've got this, um,
1: we've got Keen Fahey, who is brilliant. He talks about the NFL on the Matchbook Betting Podcast. And uh, Keen is is self-made. You know, he just, he started studying the NFL. And there's recruiters, there's um, teams in the NFL want him to be a a scout for them. Like the guy's working with ESPN. He's absolutely brilliant. And he was talking about uh, the Houston Texans. (laughs) This guy recorded a video message And the video message said Hey man, I don't even know how to pronounce your name It's Keon or something (laughs) (laughs) But let me tell you something We beat your ass in World War II And we'll come back (laughs) over and do it all again I mean, if it wasn't for us Dropping off the care packages The toothpaste over to Ireland You guys would have nothing (laughs) What? What
0: are you talking about?
2: Oh man (laughs) My God! But but yeah, I woke up on whatever morning it was, Tuesday morning, and uh, good God! Hurricane of abuse. The storm! Like, jeez, I didn't... I, I I fully regret not going into full troll mode now, because I could have had great fun with it, but I was slightly taken aback. I sense the bunch. Good God. She did make history, though. Um, oh, she's a, look, she's a fine mayor, old Winksy. Do you think... Do you, oh, do you think she will come over to Ascot next year? I'd say next to no chance, Yeah, personally. I, I, I got that impression. I don't. She doesn't have... Like, look, I would be very... And look, it, it's, pre, it's pretty simple. And, you know, to put it in, in as simple terms as I can, if Wings came over to Ascot and ran to her very best form, I have absolutely no doubt she'd compete and she'd probably win if she ran to her very best form. But I would be very cautious of assuming... That she would be able that she would be adaptable enough to run to her best in mm. the you know, a wildly different set of circumstances that she'd meet at Royal Ascot I would say. Yeah. You know, it's the time of year, winter time for her, it's the 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 pace of the race. You know, I take the point. She has won in well-run races by Aussie standards. She has done that, but this is just a bit different. Ascot is a stiff, stiff track. You know, how many times over the years, you know, previewing Royal Ascot, have we come on here, unanim- unanimously oppose American horses would we'll say, coming over to run, in those big group ones, for exactly that reason, they're just not accustomed to it, it's different, mm. and it's a difficult thing to adapt to, and you know, you've got the travel into the mix as well, she's never travelled, I know she's done some, you know, some somewhat significant travel, within Australia, you know, they do have long distances involved there, but, um, this would be a different kettle of fish, Um. And they'd have, they'd have everything, you know. It'd be spectacular if she came over, but I can't see it myself. She doesn't have to. It would be bloody brilliant if she did, but I don't don't think it's gonna happen. Would it not make more sense for her to go for a fourth Cox plate? I and focus on that. That's probably what they'll do. Like pretty, nope. mu- pretty much The thing about uh, She's
1: equal history But no one's done that yeah, So focus on doing that That's that.
2: what she's going to do And the thing with Australia as well Is I give them stick all the time For not travelling more They have some difficult Quarantine situations In Australia there yeah. Whereas they can leave it's, it's easy leave It's not easy to get back in They've got yeah. to wait a long time Before they let In quarantine Before they let them back in So that kind of discourages them um, which would be great if they could sort that out now because you'd love to see the, the best Australian because the Australians, what, what I certainly found out the other day is they're very proud people. They, they do believe in their horses, but until you travel, until you take, you know, it's one thing to, to say, oh, why don't you bring your best horses down to Australia? You know, Australia. You know, Australian middle distance racing doesn't have the prestige that that European middle, middle distance racing has. That's just a fact. It might yeah. have the prize money. It clearly does have the prize money, but money's money. Yeah. and prestige and history and, and, and pedigree is another thing and it just doesn't have it yeah. and when you have a brilliant horse like Wings um, with her longevity and talent it's, it's a pity that she doesn't travel Yeah, she doesn't have to but she, but the, she doesn't need to and she, doesn't, she, can, she doesn't need to but it is a bit of a pity she can go for
1: a fourth cox play she might even run again this season actually which is kind of astonishing uh, we are fresh out of time but very very briefly and very very succinctly and we'll talk about it in more detail next week in the podcast um, because Aiden O'Brien could even have extended his record. He beat Bobby Frankel's record. He did it in epic fashion at Doncaster. I loved Gina's interview with him because it was just a perfect example of how generous he is with his time. And uh, she asked all the right questions, as did uh friend of the show from Timeform, Jamie Lynch. Um, but he spoke in, in great detail and a great length. Uh, Saxon Warrior was lived every bit up to his name because he really had to battle mm. uh, to go and win that Group 1. And and he's done it. You know, the, the monkey's off the back. They've set the world record. They've got 26. They've got 13 horses who will give him a chance to do it again uh, in the Breeders' Cup and extend it even further. But for you, very, very briefly, uh, Aidan O'Brien is a trainer. How do you describe him? Best and this, ever. And this achievement. Best
2: ever. Simple.
1: Easy. When, when Bobby be, be, Frankel... Be, be. Broke the original record set by Aiden O'Brien. Yeah,
2: look, he's the best ever, he, and that, that's a big statement. That's coming from a a guy that that's grown up reading books about Vincent O'Brien and and having Vincent O'Brien as my racing idol. But 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 Aiden's the best ever, in yeah. my opinion.
1: Aiden had eight Group One winners this season. That Bobby Frankel broke Aiden's record for twenty five, and now here he is with twenty six. Yeah. And he and he almost did it last year.
2: Yeah, and he's going to get more. You know, he'll be up over thirty. Um, if not this year, in the future. Well, he he would have if it hadn't been for Saint <laughs> that's Bloody French! Right, and look, and the thing is, you know, he's lost ammunition this year. You know, minding yeah. a few others. Seventh you know. Heaven was on the sidelines for so long as well. And, um, somehow, you know, he he's lost some ammo this year, mm. so he's been doing. I know that that's racing. You know, Gustav Klimth. Yeah, you know, you know, I know that's racing, you know, any big trainer will, will, will have horses that get hurt with a stable that yeah. size, but still, you know, I don't think this, this season was a perfect storm by any means. I no. think there's potential for him to raise that yeah. bar even higher. Yeah. and sure. He's only a young fella, lads. He's only forty eight, plenty of time left. Unbelievable that he's that age.
1: Uh fantastic scenes and I thought it was lovely that at the race has got Anna. And uh, and Anne Marie on as well afterwards. Absolutely. That was a really nice touch. A really nice touch. At the race, it says everything you need for the Breeders' Cup this weekend. Uh, You've got detailed race cards they look fantastic by the way also selections were, podcasts should be available for you Thursday morning the selections are available now for you uh, as this is published there's also video features stats guide uh, an in-depth look at all the key trials runner profiles stable tours including with the man we just talked about Aidan O'Brien which Kevin did talking about his 13 strong team hit up the website at the races.com forward slash breeders cup thank you for all the five star reviews on Apple Podcasts this week uh, very much appreciated I've absolutely no what Kevin Blake is doing in the studio right now what are you doing
2: oh mate you didn't even talk about the Melbourne bloody cup <laughs> Who greatest win- race in the world mate
1: Thomas Hobson wins the Melbourne cup doesn't he Thomas Hobson wins it
2: Oh, rekindling in US Army Ranger, one, two. Oh, of course, US Army Ranger, what was I thinking? Was I thinking? Imagine, imagine. My God. Oh, Australian racing will never recover this if US Army Ranger wins the Melbourne Cup. A, the grand plan all
1: season was the Melbourne Cup, and B, if US Army Ranger wins the Melbourne Cup, it devalues that race immediately. You can,
2: you can lock up the gates, lads, you're done. Oh, lads, forget and, hey, and the gas thing is, he has a chance. Don't He, even he does, say of course it. he has a Don't chance. Don't even say it. Uh, he, of course he has
1: a chance. Thomas Hobson and rekindling the reverse forecast on on
2: Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, is that it? Or Monday yeah, night, yeah, Tuesday Yeah, Wednesday. first Tuesday in November. Oh, come on the Ranger. Live on At The Races. Do you know <laughs> what? I think. I think oh, oh, my God. I
1: think Kevin Blake's going to persuade me to back you as <laughs> Army Ranger and I'm going to hate myself for it. Uh, we are back. Oh. We're recording actually on Tuesday. We're recording Tuesday. It'll be available for you Wednesday morning. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much to Peter again from Kevin Blake. Army Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, Emma's Kennedy, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you, enjo- hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for all the kind words on social media last week as well. Genuinely appreciate it. We'll chat to you again next week when we record on Tuesday on the Final Front podcast on AtTheRacers.com from all of us.
2: God bless. Bye, Sarahs.
1: Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile. Visit at the races.com forward slash app for more details.